Welcome to Golden Africa, your masterclass on the go for how to become a great African, told through experiences of guests who have gone out and become great Africans, as well as those on their way, of course. Um, to keep things colorful, exciting, and inclusive, guests will be from different countries in Africa and with just as varying career paths. So, what does Golden Africa mean? Simply put, it means having goals and making them create gold for you. And that's exactly what our focus will be with each and every episode, to help you create gold with your goals. My name is Murundi Sara, a gold African from Rwanda, and I'll be bringing you value-packed episodes every Tuesday. So stay tuned. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Golden Africa. If you're new here, welcome to the Gold African fam. Go ahead, subscribe and review this podcast on Google or Apple Podcasts. New episodes come out each and every Tuesday and you do not want to miss them. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Getting into it, as we established in the previous episode with Damian Mosun, a social entrepreneur and Pan-African originally from Benin, there was so much value in it that we literally had to split it in half to avoid information overload. Yes, it was that good. So this is part two. If you haven't listened to part one yet, go ahead and catch up with it before proceeding with this one for it to make sense to you. Go on, I'll wait. Great, now that you're all caught up, take my advice and open your notes app or take out the good old-fashioned pen and paper because the gems Monsieur Damien is spilling in this one are just so, so good. I know you will love this one. So without further ado, let's get right into it. They have it at heart. They are ready to give the little they have. I don't know if you, you are familiar with the saying that in Africa, when there is for one, there is for uh, two or more or all, which means if the way we behave, even in our own societies, if you study it clearly, it's because there have not been any documentation about it. Then you can see that the only, the main humankind that God have created for humanitarian, we are the one because even with the little we have, we have that heart of giving and sharing, which is unlikely in many parts of the world. I, you know, you go on a, a, a kind of a dinner with a billionaire. He has billions on his account, but he will, you have to pay your bill. And for Africans, you know, it's never that, that way. We, we don't see things that way. So I think the thing is we haven't embraced our, our culture and, and, and really stand by it. So young people out there should no longer see the limit based on their religion belief, religious belief, based on their origin, their agenda, whatever is the limitation they see, even when they, you know, they have problems in terms of being disabled or whatever the challenge is. Life has proven to us today that there is nothing impossible. Africans' humanity, which is very unique, then I've traveled the whole world and I've not seen that level of you know, humanitarian spirit. And once you start doing it, you see the light, you see the way and move across it. So I encourage anybody out there to just start acting, whether people believe it or not, whether people, you know, support it or not. They just need to be crazy. And once you are crazy, you know, you are done. You, you just do your thing, you go your way. But then if they want to be normal, then they are not going to make any change in this continent. So they need to be aware of that. And one thing I want to warn them with, 
is that when you choose to be crazy in our culture, where I come from, it's like you are supposed to go out there. Most of the, the crazy people in our society, like the mad ones, uh, with all respect to people with disability, uh, you know, you have to live on this, under the street and under the sun, under the rain. You can be say, I'm mad today and leave the house and go on the street and come back in the evening to say, oh, it, there is mosquitoes, it's too, it, 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 it too cold out there. I need to come sleep at home. Mad people don't stay at home. They stay at the open. And because of that, it's an analogy. So they have to know that if you choose to stand out there, you have to endure till the end and pay the price and make sure that you are there to thrive and test yourself so that you can be greater and achieve greater things. But the world has never been changed, not only in any part of the world, by people who are normal people. They have to be crazy. They have to be rejected. They have to be, you know, even, you know, people, you can see some of these prophets we've had in the whole world. They were killed and, and assassinated by their own people. Uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated by a black man, you know, and that tells you enough about the journey we are into. So you can say you are mad and want to sleep at home. It's not possible. You have to pay the price. You have to be on the, on the street. You have to make sure that that is it. So I'm not saying that they should break the, 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 the ball, but I'm telling them that they also have to stand for what they believe and pay the price all through. Though, so it's not a way, I'm not saying it in a negative point of, from the negative point of view, I'm saying it from the positive point of view. Because to me, to, to make a change, you really have to set apart and do something that nobody believed was possible. And then you invent, you reinvent a new world. And I think we are capable of doing it. It's just the fear in us that tells us that, oh, you are a woman, oh, you are this, you are underage. Me, I'm not seeing myself as young. By the way, I'm planning next year, I'll be 30 years old, I'm going to retire from these things. And, and there are people whom I know are competent uh, than me by now who are going to step in and take this journey and take the, the challenge forward. So I think that kind of thinking that, oh, you know, who am I? I don't have a strong family. I don't have all the money. I don't have all the that I need. That kind of fear is what keeps people from taking the risk, from making the change. And it doesn't matter which school you go to. It doesn't matter which district you come from. It doesn't matter which skin color or which gender you bear. What matter is to be able to stand your way and know this is my choice and convince yourself because you can convince anybody else if you are not convinced yourself. So that's what I can tell the youth. But until you can step out there and support somebody you have nothing to gain from, because that was my challenge, by the way. When I started traveling across African countries, most of those opportunists in, uh, in the continent started attacking me, asking me, what is the need for you? If Africa was one country, then we, we know that maybe you are campaigning to become the president of Africa, but then you don't have the state. How do you campaign to even be elected? Because they think well, the only thing that can be, if you are doing something, even when you pretend to be altruist, you are doing it with a hidden agenda. You are doing it because you have some interest, some, you have some hidden stuff. But I go to countries I have nothing to gain from. I have nothing to expect. I have nobody there to, because of whom or any kind of interest. But I do go anyway. So I think that was the one thing that I found in myself as a great African, because I think that one, I'm not ashamed of saying it. You know, I've gone to countries where I will never, I don't know if anybody can even ever vote for me there, but I've, I've, I've impacted people's life in those parts 
where I don't know what it can be behind. And you can see that today the problem we have in Africa is that we've sold our soul to the world. And because of that, we become even worse. Being egocentric, being narcissists and those kind of behavior. In fact, these are very exogenous things to Africa. But because we have embraced it and forgotten our roots and who we are as great African people and humans that have made history of the world, because we are always the barometer for the world, because that's where the whole story started from Africa. Everything started from this side. So it is important that those people who think that those uh, women mutilation and those things, they hide themselves behind uh, other denomination to, to portray bad image about Africa, Africans are the people of humanity. And if I say African, I say those who believe in it. I've seen people with white skins who have embraced these values of Africanness, and they are much more Pan-African than some of our people who are shouting today doing nothing for it. Wow. Wow. I, I, I'm speechless. To hear you say all that about women, all that about women in Islam and how we have been misportrayed mm -hmm. and how that whole mm -hmm. topic has been misportrayed by the entire world and the fact that you're not even muslim just amazes me <laughs> and a great african literally defines you you are truly a great african and pinpointing thomas sankara my king my king forever is just the cherry on top Thank you so much for gracing Golden Africa and you have truly, truly, truly blessed us and everyone who is listening will definitely, definitely live by this for life. Thank you. No, it's a pleasure, Sarah. Keep up the good work you are doing and I think uh, you have all our support and encouragement in this amazing journey that you've taken up because our story is never told and it has to be told like people like yourself and we are very honored that you are ready to pay that price and stand to do this work and never get discouraged, never get, uh, you know, uh, challenge anything that come your way, take it as a blessing and move forward. And, you know, even if we can give you money, at least we'll pray for you, you know, and uh, we know you'll be strong, you'll stand it through. And if ever you need any kind of counseling, our think tank is highly open to welcome people like you and give you any kind of ad ad idea that, or even people who can heal you and help you to see that you are not the only one and you, you, you have the energy within you and you can do these things. So uh, I'm, I'm very honored and humbled by this experience and to be able to talk with you and the team, uh, keep it up and uh, keep us posted and uh, we are part of it. Thank you. I hope this applies to everyone who's listening and has similar mission. Of course, they are, they are all welcome. Wow. There's literally nothing else I can say to top <laughs> this up. I hope everyone who's listening to this is taking notes because I'm literally taking notes as you speak. I, I can't even. Wow. And the way you casually dropped that you've been to 45 countries, that you're going to retire at 30, which you haven't even turned yet. Oh my goodness, we can only dream. <laughs> and in following your journey, you are one heck of a well-traveled individual, as you said so yourself. And having traveled all over the world, immersed in different cultures, talking to people from different places, what has this experience brought into your life? What impact has it made into your life and your career? Um, first of all, 
I want to refer you to a saying I had in China. Uh, the time I was in China, uh, there was some of the few things that I came across. You know, um, the Chinese told me that who lives see much, but who travels sees more. I repeat this. The Chinese told me that who lives see more, see much, and who travels sees more. So uh, I think it, there is a point in that that tells you that uh, don't tell me which education, which qualification you have, but tell me how much you've traveled. And I believe uh, the context we are in today uh, from some of these, these realities, one important thing that stood out for me, particularly traveling to countries like Israel, Saudi Arabia, some of the country that Russia, and then, you know, sometimes my own family will say, but Damien, you know, who goes to those countries? How do they even give you a visa to go there? But to me, the point is that, you know, uh, we as human beings, the same thing I said about African at the beginning is the same that is applied to humanity. And if I'm saying African, I'm not trying to be uh, discriminative or trying to be pro-African centered. It's because for those who knows who are informed, we all come from Africa. And that's one history have proven it, science have proven it, religions have proven it. Even when you go through those beliefs, they will tell you we all came from Egypt, they walked through the desert to Ghana to get to the promised land. You, you see it literally within every religion. So African, we are adventurous. We are people who, it's the beginning, that's when I say Africans, I mean uh, human beings that are made in every corner of the world, whatever skin color they tend themselves to become, but we all come from this side. And that's the fundamental point that have to be shown. We are those kind of shepherds who move from place to place with our, you know, uh, those uh, uh, kind of cattles and, and, and those kind of life that we've seen some of our recent parents and, uh, and, and, and ancestors lived. So for me, I'm just stepping into what was lost, as I said at the beginning. When I travel the world, what I see is that don't listen to what they say, go see. And that's the fundamental point. If you really want to grow to be somebody, I think most of the thing that young people are missing today is that strength and courage to step into the unknown, to go to where they are telling them it was is disaster. And by the way, some of the countries that have been ever warm are to not go to because of those kind of news and bad news we hear from the media and the bomb, these kind of stories we hear. I think those have been most of my most standing countries. Some of the, the country that stood for me and, and are still very close to my heart because I was shocked to see things that I could never imagine possible. And the kind, the warm of the people, the way they behave. And then I'm like, are they, are they the same people I'm told about? You know, how come this, this is not what I've, I've been told all my life? So those who watch movies, I think the same applies for those in Africa and those outside the continent. When you are in Africa, you are watching movies, you believe that heaven is on the West, you know? And that's why many people don't want to go study in the continent. They want to die in the Mediterranean, some who cannot afford to fly and get visa to those countries. And when you are on the other side of the West, you see that Africa is a forest, is a desert, the people live on the trees and so forth. 
But the house you live in there, if you come to uh, some of the average politician and businessmen in Africa here, you see where they live. I mean, few people can afford those kind of space, even in the Western culture. But they, they are being told, brainwashed, that Africa is just what they are taught it was until they take the risk. And unfortunately, not everybody can be able to travel, even America, a country that is the number one in the world. I'm not sure if 20% of Americans can even be able to travel out of America. And that's why we have this kind of situation we have today. So to me, one of the things that stood for me is if we want to make peace in this world, we need to help people and make it possible for people to travel and make it cheap for people to travel so that most people should be exposed. Then the work will be done. We don't have to set up an organization for peace uh, building, reconciliation with the UN and so forth. The more you travel, the more humbler you become, the more you know that we are no different from other people, whether they are Jewish, they are Arabs, they are uh, Christian, they are Muslim, they are whatever you can, you can name, I think we are no different than them, you know? And that kind of exposure uh, make me see it in different form. I, I, I know you, you study at this African Leadership University, and one of the most fundamental things that stood for me is that being in that kind of school for you today, you can travel to all the countries I've been to in Africa without having to take a plane. And that in itself, it's very powerful and it, 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 it's priceless. And you have to also not take that for granted. So if you can fly to Ghana now, there are Ghanaian in your school you can talk to and get to know them. And the more you know them, the more you know that, you know, however much we can think we are different, we are much more, you know, uh, uh, alike than we, we stand differently. So I think that's, that's my point and, and I hope it's helpful. Wow, you have a brilliant perspective on life and things in general. And that's so true. Like when you associate with other Africans from all over, you start to notice that we are all the same in a way. And there's really, we're more, as you say to yourself, we're just disconnected. We're not divided. And that's pure gold in itself. Now, bringing up um, gold in Africa. Gold in Africa basically means um, young people who are who have goals and are trying to pursue gold with their goals. And I have a, a signature question I have to ask all my guests, and it says, "What does being a great African mean to you?" Wow, I I wonder where I can start from. You know, <laughs> uh, being a great African. I think the most important part of being an African is to be human being, is to have humanity in you, is to have that perspective of being there to serve other people, not to be served. And I think uh, Africans' greatness, if you even look at the history of people who have ever challenged the continent, I think one of the person who came to my mind um, with all his imperfection, as we all have, is somebody like Thomas Sankara. Thomas Sankara have never died from me personally as Demi. I've never met him. I was born after he, he was assassinated by his best friend in Burkina Faso. But up to date, when I go back and I check and I read, I just... I, have, I, I don't know. 
I've never even been able to to visit his grave because I'm, they told me it's not even sure that was his grave. And I don't know, but it is much closer to my heart than some of the people in my own family, you know? Um, it's no exaggerations. And to me, however much people thought he was impatient, he was uh, so much, but you see the contest African people were living in and we, we have gold. We have everything, we have diamond. And these people have to live in a condition that they don't deserve with all they have and the talent and the, the, the possibility that we had. And this was the only fellow who stood up and said, I want this to change and start just talking about it and acting on it. We talk about women promotion today. Africa is a culture that value women. The same as, you know, you hear people saying that, uh, I don't mean this to be a bit uh, stereotype, but you see, I've studied religion. And one of the religions that have fascinated me is what I learned about what being woman in a, in a, in a, a Islam means in real sense than what people do and how they behave in the society. And once I learned that through my travels and my discoveries in, in Saudi Arabia, I was very shocked, you know, but it, it made me think about all the lies I was ever told by people, those uh, people who had agenda and, and wanted to manipulate things and everything. And in that regard, I see today that being an African is to stand being somebody who value women, somebody who care about the environment he lives in, somebody who is ready to serve people above even himself, to sacrifice it all for others, just for the sake of, you know, making a better world. So that humanity that is lacking in the world today is the salt that an African person, a, being a great African man, should be those Ubuntu values that today, if you, you go read about Ubuntu, who talks about Ubuntu anyway? But the point is, because they know that is very powerful and that's what the world needs today for healing, they keep it like secret. And, and then the word is even hardly pronounced by our young people today. So all I can tell you, Sarah, is that uh, being an African is having humanity, is having love for people. And when I say love, love is unconditional. There you have it, incredible, right? I loved this particular interview and I hope you did too. Now, I want you to go on to the recent post on Instagram at Golden Africa Podcast and tell us what your thoughts are. What is your favorite quote from what Monsieur Damien had to say? What was your favorite part? Is there anything you disagree with? Let us know in the comments and keep the conversation going. Thank you for listening this far. I truly love and appreciate you so much and I'll see you in the next episode. For now, stay gold and go get it. <laughs>